talk about allyship, which is increasingly being talked about um, in the context of diversity and inclusion. I think that it's been seen as one of the key levers um, in creating inclusion. And I think it's so powerful because actually it crosses over all of the DNI strands. Um, and you know, by igniting allies and getting allies involved um, within organizations, we can ensure that we're creating a level playing field for all, you know, creating opportunities for all and ensuring that you know, everyone feels included and bringing their best selves to work. It's actually such a powerful tool. So I know that that um, applies across many of the groups that we have within um, RSA. I'm delighted to be joined by three of the co-chairs of our employee resource groups to talk about this topic. So um, without further ado, I'm going to pass over to introduce yourselves. So if you could just share who you are and a little bit about yourself and, and the employee resource group that you chair. Um, Shrada, let's start with you. Great. Um, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so my name is Shrada Patel. And so I've been at RSA for just under six years. Um, you know, DNI has been a huge uh, part of my sort of um, journey within RSA and even before that. Um, and currently, I am the chair of the uh, Race and Ethnicity and Cultural Heritage Employee Resource Group, which is probably one of the most uh, newly formed ERGs in RSA. And we've been around for just over six months now. Perfect, thank you. And um, Francesca? Thanks, Myron. Um, yeah, my name's Francesca Campbell. I have been with RSA for about two and a half years. Um, I've been working in corporate responsibility as my day job for about eight years. And I would refer to myself as probably a lifelong feminist. <laughs> so um, that's definitely the, uh, the consistent theme. Um, and I've been really pleased to get involved with RSA Balance uh, since the start of 2020, so just over a year. Thank you so much. And Sam, uh, last but by no means least. Cheers, Maren. So uh, I am Sam Bradley. Um, I am Scrum Master by day, co-chair of RSA Building Pride ERG by night. Um, and we represent the LGBTQ plus community. And I've been here for six years, but only, uh, only been the chair of the group for about uh, over a year now. So yeah, really exciting times. Awesome, thank you. Um, and uh, I, I thought I'd just put a comment in at this point to say, just thinking in the context of allies, and we were talking just before we started recording about the fact that we've got um, four uh, females on the call today and, and where are all the men? And you know, we, we have got men involved at, at RSA in the DNI agenda, and it just so happens that the four of us have, have stepped in today to talk about this topic. So um, yeah, I just thought I, it, it was a poignant uh, point to make. So let's start first by thinking about actually what, what do we mean by being an ally and, and allyship? Because um, it's one of those words that you hear and actually I think maybe be misunderstood. So I just wanted to ask, you know, what does being an ally mean to you? Um, and, you know, can you share how allies have made a difference within your EIG, ERGs? Um, and I know that, you know, for Building Pride, they've played a big role. So Sam, I wondered if we could start with you. Yeah, certainly. And, and, and firstly, probably most importantly to say is we have a, an ally who's actually one of the leads of, of our group, which is 
of enormous importance because it's that wide net that we have to gauge different types of opinions and we have that diversity that we can you know take action in different ways and those allies are actually inspirations in themselves to get other people on board with the thinking that we want and you know for me an ally is of importance because they're a supporter of that group and they may take action in ways such as educating themselves on maybe the issues and challenges that that group faces it could be um, simply listening to a, a community member's experience or their point of view on something ultimately it's being inclusive and perhaps at times where necessary having the courage to perhaps challenge some uh, unacceptable behaviors and you know what we you know we we're talking about equality here which is it's a human right and if you're not acting on what is right then you're passively allowing what is wrong so that for me is why you know having allies within our group is so important thanks sam that's such a nice way to to think about it and really sort of powerful around passively allowing what's actually wrong so um thank you so much um any other thoughts I think um, I just wanted to, to say that um, at this point, I, th I think that the important thing is um, thinking about um, privilege and, and the fact that that is, yeah. you know, it's, inter it's intersectional and that, you know, we can all be allies to, you know, each other. So, yeah. you know, white women can be allies to um, uh, people from ethnic minorities, just as men can be allies to, to women. Cis people can be allies to members of the LGBT plus community. You know, and I can go on and on and on. So I, I, I don't know if that inspires any other thoughts. I think Francesca was trying to say something, but Francesca, I think you're on mute. Yeah, I realised that after. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> classic uh, lockdown mistake there. Um, I actually, I actually had a bit of a Google because I think that ally is is such a broad term, and I was interested to see the results of popular search engines to see what that threw up and actually one really kind of um, stuck out to me which was an ally is a trusted force for good and I just think that's a really lovely succinct way of thinking about how you can be an ally and all of those things that Sam was saying really ring true and um, standing up for people um, don't just be passively accepting things that that might be happening around you but also also just do the right thing and and um, and have reflections of your own in your own time about how you would like to be treated if you were in someone else's shoes. And I think that that can, that can be a really, really powerful way of, of just making people feel more included as well. Yeah, love that. Shrada, any other thoughts from you? No, I think, um, you know, the way sort of Francesca uh, described, you know, the, the sort of definition of what an ally is, I think is that crucial part. It's that sort of force for good, actually, and having that collective view, because I think before what you would have is not that we've not had allies in the past, but I feel like this term now more than ever, especially in the last year, has really created a lot of momentum, a lot of change around the world as well. And it's that sort of strength in numbers piece that I feel that is quite significant of having, you know, allies with us, whereas before or it was a designated group or a certain group of people fighting for a certain cause and actually the more allies you have you realize that actually by having those allies it, you create the new norm um, and that's why I think it's really important yeah, yeah definitely 
And thinking about that new norm, I think in the, you're alluding to in sort of the last year, and I'm sure you're referring to yeah. Black Lives Matter, and you know, yeah. it, it is creating that new norm, and we have seen that swell of people creating that sort of force for good. I, I just wondered if you had any other comments on that, you know, how you've seen that play out, and you know, if you have got any examples that you can bring bring to bring yeah. to life. I think I was actually going to use the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, to me that, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I've um, sort of experienced um, issues around uh, racial inequality um, for as long as I've been, a, you know, so as long as I've lived in the UK, really, um, from a very young age and up until now. And obviously it's become less of an issue as I've grown up, but it definitely was more prevalent when I was younger. I think the term ally then wouldn't, you know, came to me in different ways where I'd have friends, you know, supporting me um, in, in sort of, I guess, uh, fighting, uh, you know, a certain, I guess, stereotypes about myself, um, you know, whether it's in school, college, university, that kind of thing. Um, but I think more importantly in the last year, what's happened, you know, what started in America with the George Floyd um, murder and then what led to what I think has probably been one of the biggest allyships that I've seen, um, you know, mm -hmm. in my lifetime anyway, with the Black Lives Matter movement and how that transcended, you know, beyond America and around the world. And actually, it did create change. You know, we now have a, a different president of the sort of, you know, the leader of the free world is to be no more in his current format, thank God, um, you know, because we are going, you know, it's through those movements where, you know, it's really sh a shown a light on the sort of the real inequality that exists, you know, within America itself, but actually it's everywhere. And, and that's what the Black Lives Matter movement has done. And it's not just been, you know, people of ethnic minorities within that movement. It's a huge part of its success has also been down to the allyship that it's, it's had, you know, with um, sort of its white allies and people that really understanding and people that have also said, actually, I will never know what it feels like uh, to be in your shoes, but I'm here to support you. And, you know, we'll do everything that we can to push that forward. And I think that has really changed the agenda um, from a political perspective um, across the world really and I feel that actually that's then created the momentum because you know Maren you'll know I've spoken to you about ethnic you know ethnic minority issues for a very long time now you know over the last few years ever since I started at RSA um, but actually the fact that we now have an employee resource group that specifically focuses on that that to me is the change in itself that you know I've been waiting for for a while as well. Yeah, it finally happened, didn't it, this year? And I, I've yes. heard, it's been commented on lots. You know, it's it's sad that yeah. it, it took that for it to happen, but also there's a there's a sort of gr gratitude around the fact that finally it is happening and it is been sponsored Absolutely. from the top and we're taking it seriously. So correct. Yeah, I would say as well that I think that this year, despite all of the challenges that have happened and that we faced as individuals and as as communities and across the world really um, that it has made people feel more comfortable with becoming an ally and and saying that they don't understand someone's um, someone's struggles or, or the issues that other people are facing yeah. because they they can't directly relate to them and I think that that's been a really important step forward um, and I think that even if I if I consider RSA balance um, 
in the gender gender equality space that actually this is the first year that I think we've really had men step forward and want to be involved in those conversations and even something like International Men's Day in 2019 the International Men's Day event that we did in London was attended by 95% women and this year on on the International Men's Day event that we did virtually it was probably about 60% men and I think that that's a that's a big step forward but it's also that they're starting to engage with conversations about you know why pushing the gender equality issue in um in corporates and in the world is is important for men's success as well and i think that although there's been a lot of tragedy this year it's made people um more willing to speak out uh, for others and more willing to stand up for what's right and i think that that's a really positive thing to come out of it yeah yeah i'd agree with that Sam, does that echo with you as well? Resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. And and do you know what I mean? I think for me, it's external stresses can almost lessen capacity for for consciousness, if that makes sense. And and it's when people are not familiar or can't relate with something, there's almost less time for people to to give thought or to to take action when it when it doesn't directly impact them. So, and you know, both Fran and Sharada, we we've all sort of acknowledged the train wreck that was 2020. <laughs> and yeah. you look back at everything that's happened. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we had half a continent on fire. We were on the brink of World War Three. Ethically flawed mm. president and this continued police brutality which sparked the necessary Black Lives Matters movement but in in almost it, it's almost like a defiance and an uprising from that that we've you know now seen those differences we've got you know Biden in now so for LGBTQ yeah. plus he was you know he's the first person in history to acknowledge you know the trans community in the victory speech we've yeah. got 12 yeah. people um not just representing LGBT but also the BAME community actually in the house and senate now which is again never been done before and more closely related to to us within RSA but we've got the the BAME group ourselves which is fantastic and obviously everything that we're doing for our ERG so there's been a lot to come out of a really negative year and I think that just shows the solidarity of people and what can happen when we all work together. I think that's a really good way of putting it to be honest so uh, because yeah. actually that was very yeah and, you, and and yeah and you know look um for me as well you look outwards you look inwards six years ago um you know in RSA within the UK exec there was no one off um from a ethnic minority background and you know now having David Germain there to me personally that feels there's that glass you know that glass ceiling breaking a bit and and that's kind of what it's all about and actually people recognizing that and 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 you know the likes of Scott and 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 the broader UK exec you know saying that we need more diversity and this is just the start and you know just because we have one doesn't mean that that's our quota um and I think that that is a really important um, element of us uh, sort of succeeding it's it's getting the allies all the way from the top to the bottom really so yeah definitely absolutely I think you know one of the, the key things that I'm sort of picking up with what you're saying is the fact that people are really taking the time to listen um, you know yes we've got some divisive forces at play but at the same time there are people who are kind of paying attention and, and, and actually listening to what those lived experiences are, whether it's black um, people or people from the LGBTQ plus community or um, you know, uh, females and, and, and what they might be facing. So, you know, I, 
listening for me is one of the key um, things that allies can do. And I, I wondered if you had any other top tips that, that you could share um, with, with people that are listening today? Because I think a lot of people will be listening thinking, I want to be an ally, but what do I actually need to do? So any, any top tips? Um, and I wonder, Francesca, can we come to you first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that my main top tip is something that we've already touched on, uh, which, which is that education is key. Um, and I think that you can't really uh, be, a, be a good ally if you're not willing to continually improve your knowledge of other people's experiences and, um, and try and relate to those. And so one thing that we've seen and, and we've already talked about is, is the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I have to acknowledge that I'm a huge passionate for gender equality. I said in my opening statement, I'm a lifelong feminist and that's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, but I have to acknowledge that I have a privilege being a, a white woman and that that means that I don't always understand other people's experiences. And there's lots of data out there that says that we can't fix the gender pay gap until we fix the ethnicity pay gap. Well, of course you can't, that's, that's quite an obvious thing, but how can I possibly begin to understand that unless I'm, unless I'm willing to educate myself um, and that's something that I've definitely tried to take a bit more seriously this year and I think that the opportunities to do that have also have also really improved um, across the board so there's been lots of people starting to open up about their own personal experiences there's been lots of resource guides put together and and now we're in such a connected world, you know, there's no excuse really not to become educated, whether you like listening to podcasts, whether you like reading books, whether you like watching films or documentaries, there is something out there that will help educate you. And I think that it's, yeah. it's in everyone's power to do that. And I think that following on from that education, you can start to do things like recognize microaggressions, recognize uh, systematic inequalities, and just start to believe in, in other people's experiences. And that will allow you to be that advocate and that ally for change. Agree. Yeah. I, I think the, the one thing I'd probably suggest, like what, probably recommend and it's it's more of a it definitely requires some organization behind it but I do think reverse mentoring to me is a really good and I think something that can really bring it to life around you know getting allies to really understand I guess what is it what is the issue that they're supporting in a bit more of a from a human perspective because every person from a you know a different backgrounds is going to have a um uh, I guess a different experience of that specific issue that they're fighting for. So, you know, like for me being passionate about um, sort of racial equality, absolutely I'm passionate about it, but I have had a different experience in my life to, you know, maybe what David Germain's had as well. And, but actually it's, it kind of leads to one and the same things, but I, having that reverse mentoring piece with some of our allies, just to kind of explain kind of what we've been through and some of the experiences that we've had to just share that on a one-to-one -one basis, I actually think um, will only do, uh, you know it will only help sort of progress um, you know the development of getting the support of the allies and getting them to really understand what it is that they're supporting in itself so. definitely that would be a fantastic thing for more people so. to support for sure and actually that links to what I was going to come on to next because you're talking there about different experiences and um, 
I think that, you know, there's different schools of thought on, you know, how we approach DNI, and, you know, often you, you put people into different buckets and you, you know, find out the barriers for that, that group and then you solve it and then, and then, you know, then you move on to the next group. And, you know, that's one way of approaching it. And then you'll have people that say, well, actually, you know, it should be inclusion for all and let's just, just, let's just approach it that way. But, you know, the reason for breaking people up into groups is because we know that everyone faces different barriers. But even within those groups, not everyone has the same experience, to your point, Shrada, on, on, you know, you can't just assume and, and make assumptions about what, what, what someone might have experienced and therefore what they think is okay. And I know that you and I have talked a lot about language, for example, and, you know, the, the, the term fame and people not necessarily liking that, but then other people being absolutely fine with it. And there's been a lot of discussion Correct, yeah. about that recently. And, it's, and, mm. and it is about listening. So I was going to ask about, um, you know, intersectionality. And the fact that, you know, everyone has um, different privileges, actually, which is what, you know, we've mentioned that word a couple of times. And how do you think, thinking about people from an, uh, an intersectional point of view, how does that evolve some of the behaviours that we need to see from, from allies? And throw that out there to anyone. Oh, I mean, you could probably have a podcast on this subject on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you know what I think it's I think in order to uh, evolve behavior and mindset I think it comes down to almost celebrating our differences um, in a way which is socially sensitive but not allowing those differences to define that person or define ourselves so it's probably a complicated way of saying can being familiar with something and relating to something which might be unfamiliar to you, can that help people get past and see past any biases, unconscious or not? So it becomes almost a, a non-issue. I hate using the word normal because what, what I mean, what is normal? But it, it almost becomes a non-issue. So it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. It's not defining. It's just a, a, a part of their being, and let's celebrate that. Hmm. I love that. So I'm just going to play that back. Celebrating difference, uh, celebrating differences, but not allowing that difference to define ourselves. I, do, I just yeah. love that. And, and I think, do you know what? And in the, in the important part is, is that is that being socially sensitive. And I think it loops back around to, you know, we've mentioned about listening um, previously with the, with the last question, but listening with the intention here. It's very easy yeah. to, to listen with the intention to wait for that pause so you can give your experience on the matter. <laughs> Um, but actually listening to, to educate and learn something about that person, that's how you get over, you know, bias and, you know, intersectionality, especially that's where you, you really need to sort of zone in and hear what the other person is saying. Yeah, so often we're not, we're listening to respond and not listening to understand. Um, it's a, it's a, a skill that is uh, definitely underdeveloped, I think, in, in a lot of people. So, no, thank you for that. Um, any other thoughts? Cool. Okay, I'm I'm going to move us um, on actually to to the last uh, question, and it's it's thinking out of the box a little bit, bit of blue sky thinking. Um, if you could have one wish, and you could have the wish granted tomorrow, what would be the one thing that you would change about the workplace if you could? Uh, for RSA, you mean, right? Yeah, let, let's think about it in the RSA context. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think, you know, the ERGs are absolutely brilliant, right? All the three of them, everyone is doing everything they can, but it is a passion. It's people that have the passion to change, for, for change, to, you know, do something about it. What I'd really want this, if I could have one wish, I would want um, these ERGs and, you know, people taking part in DNI and DNI itself becoming an objective that we all have to achieve individually. Right. So right now, a lot of people that I um, have on my ERG, you know, they're doing work on the side of their desk. It isn't something that is part of what they would call, quote unquote, their day job. But actually, if, you, you know, diversity and inclusion was a core part of your deliverables, um, you know, on a day to day basis, it would just almost solidify and it would almost progress us even further forward on, you know, the deliverables of our sort of, you know, our collective ERGs. That would be my sort of wish. Well, I love that. <laughs> I love it. And, and you know what? It's very, it's very um, mirrored with with my own wish. I I would want RSA to be a, a market leader in diversity and, and inclusion, and it it will just allow people to bring their best true selves mm. to the workplace. And I think when people are comfortable and have that confidence and safe space for that. You know, yeah. that transcends anything that we have right now. Yeah, I, I obviously agree with everything that Sam and, and Shrada have said. Um, I think that it's just all about the kind of the, the ultimate aim and ambition is that everyone comes to work and feels completely comfortable in their skin and accepted in whatever form that takes. And actually, um, we were talking uh, on a call that I was on earlier today about putting together a video that challenges gender norms in the insurance industry. And would you look twice if you saw a man walking into the office wearing a pair of high heels? And it's a it's a kind of really um, uh, visual example. And, and we were talking about it in the context of creating um, a video around accepting everyone's gender norms in, in the insurance industry. And actually, it would be amazing to think that we could get to that place in the near future where it doesn't matter what your views are, what your um, what your cultural heritage is, that everyone is accepted for who they are, their opinions are listened to, and that they are they are valued and respected for all of those things. And I think that that would be incredible. Right, well, let's do it. There's the four of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, some profound statements. I love it. I love, I love the ambition there. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to bring it to a close. I just wondered, if, if, is there anything else that you, you wanted to say that you haven't had a chance to say on this topic yet before we close? Um, I think for me uh, in representing the LGBTQ plus community is that um, don't be afraid to stand up and, and be an ally. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of courage to do so. And it shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be sort of overlooked uh, when, when somebody stands up for somebody else. That's, that's a mm. very, very powerful tool. And I just want to say thank you for everybody who's ever, you know, stood up for anybody else of any other, you know, background or ethnicity or from any other different community or somebody who's not yourself that you've stood up for. And that's why it's important to, to be an ally and have the courage to do so. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd 100% echo what Sam said. And I think, you know, just to add to that, I just want to say thank you to all the allies, you know, and all the employee resource groups that we've had, we have collectively across RSA. Um, because actually, if it wasn't for these allies um, helping us um, sort of push the agenda forward, um, I don't think we would have achieved anywhere near what we, you know, hoped to have at the beginning of our journey. Um, and all I will say is, you know, please don't feel afraid to, you know, ask the difficult questions, because if you want to get involved, but you don't know what it is that you can be involved with and, and if there's if that means that you know you don't understand what the issue in itself is just don't be afraid to ask I think what I really want to get into the space of within RSA is to let's become comfortable with being uncomfortable about certain things you know that's that's really important mm -hmm. yeah completely agree and also um, just get involved you know like you said ask questions but put your hand up um, say if you don't understand something don't be afraid of admitting that you're not you're not an expert on on a subject and um, uh, give your give your time give your opinion give your thoughts uh, and the more the more of us that feel comfortable in doing that the the better RSA will become oh, it's truly inspirational thank you thank you all um, so I, I, I I just want to kind of play back a couple of things that I've heard and I you know you, you really powerful wishes actually that you that you put across there and I think um, you know you're spot on with, with having this as a core part of the deliverable you know DNI should be in the objectives as, as any other objective that we have in the business and that's probably mm -hmm. something that we don't have yet um, or certainly not consistently just to kind of summarize if I, if I can um, you know we we can all be allies you know we, we all can um, listen to understand, educate ourselves, and we can all advocate for someone. We'll all know when, we, when we've done that, and we also probably have felt that when that's been done for us. Um, and to, to, to quote um, Sam, you know, be courageous with this um, and give it the time. And to, you know, I, I love the phrase, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, you don't have to have all the answers. This is about understanding and, and moving forward from there. So, Listen, thank you all so much and um, lots of good nuggets and top tips shared there. And, um, you know, this isn't the end of the conversation at all. So, you know, look forward to, to picking up in due course. But thank you all. And Great. Thanks so much. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.